Hi, welcome if you are new here and welcome back if you've been listening to the Overlook podcast for a while. Just so you know, you are appreciated and highly valued. Our story in focus this week celebrates Tani Tolua Adeomi, who is now the National Chess Master in the United States. As part of the eight Overlook stories in this week's episode, we will also touch on stories that range from the spacecraft that China has now landed on Mars to the longest pedestrian suspension bridge that has now opened in Portugal. As your host, I bring you Overlook stories from all over the world every week. My name is Yemi, and as you will see from the episode, the stories range from the good to just what is plain weird. All references are always linked in the blog that you can find through the link in the episode show notes or through any of our social media links. Just look up to Nuka Media. Hold on, just before we jump toes first into the stories for this week, as we tend to do periodically, here are some updates on stories that were previously covered on the podcast. First, the atrocities in the Tigray region of Ethiopia are still going on. The Tigray region is the northernmost regional state in Ethiopia. It is the homeland of the Tigrayan, Irub, and Kunuma peoples and has been marred in violence in what has been referred to as genocide over the last six months. Over the last few months, in addition to the allegations of genocide, there have been widespread allegations of gender-based violence. Recently, the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs has described the scale of food insecurity in the area as both large and dire. They stated that about 5.2 of the 6 million people in the region actually need food assistance. That works out to about 87% of the people in the region that are food insecure with malnutrition on the rise. In the second update, remember the debris from parts of China's long March 5B rocket that was set to crash down on Earth during the weekend between May 8th and May 9th? In the episode where we discussed it, space agencies actually did not know where the debris was going to land. Well, now we know what happened. The remnants of China's biggest rocket landed in the Indian Ocean on May 9th, while other parts of the rocket burnt up in the atmosphere. Now, with those two updates out of the way, let's really jump into the stories for this week by staying in China, where the country has now landed a spacecraft on Mars for the first time. According to Chinese state news agency Xinhua, China's Tiawen-1 spacecraft, which is currently in orbit around Mars, dropped off its lander and rover, which is named Zhurong, after a Chinese meteorological got a fire. The drop-off completed the most dangerous stage of its 10-month mission. The robot officially landed at about 4 a.m. Beijing time on the 15th of May, according to state media. The plan is for the rover to stay on the lander for a few days for diagnostic tests before rolling down a ramp to explore an icy area of Mars known as Utopia Planitia. It will join the American rover called Perseverance that arrived on Mars in February. China's first Mars landing follows its launch last month of the main section that will be a permanent space station and a mission that brought back rocks from the moon late last year. The successful touchdown is a remarkable achievement given the difficult nature of landing Zhurong autonomously. The landing represents China's first mission to Mars and makes it only the third nation after Russia and the United States to have landed a spacecraft on the planet. 
Lebanon lost a significant amount of its electricity on May 14th after a Turkish company called Kapowership turned off its generators in Lebanon on Friday. The company told the Lebanese government that it was due to 18 months of not receiving any payments. According to a translated version of the statement, the company said that it had flexibly continued to operate without any payment or any payment plan because Lebanon was going through difficult times. However, it could no longer operate in such an environment. Reuters news agency reported that Kapowership was owed more than 100 million US dollars. The firm provides around 370 megawatts through electricity barges or ships that have been anchored off the Lebanese coast since the year 2013. The decision came after a Lebanese prosecutor threatened to seize the barges and fine the company based on allegations of corruption with the power contract. Lebanon already suffers from regular blackouts. And this latest development is expected to reduce electricity by an additional four hours every day. The regular power cuts already force those who can afford it to use private generators for up to 12 hours every day. To add to the potential issues for the citizens, the Lebanese Central Bank is currently considering ending fuel subsidies, which may in turn raise the price of both gasoline and diesel. To add more fuel to the proverbial fire, Lebanon is also currently in the middle of a political uncertainty under the direction of a temporary government following the horrible, horrible explosion that took place in the port of Beirut in August 2020. Chile has elected a gender equal assembly of 155 people to draft a new constitution. The new constitution will replace the one imposed during the military dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet. The new constitution will be an attempt to address the deep-seated social inequality that sparked deadly protests in the year 2019. The current constitution dates from 1980. It was put in place in the height of the dictator Augusto Pinochet's 1973-1990 to rule. It is widely blamed for blocking equitable progress in a country ranked as one of the most unequal advanced countries. Over the May 15th weekend, more than 1,300 candidates ran to be part of the select group and a part of Chilean history. By law, half of the assembly must consist of women. According to the United Nations, this is the first time in the recorded history of the world that any constitution has been drafted under conditions of gender parity. 30 people were sentenced to death in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Saturday after a one-day trial for their role in anti-police violence, marking the end of Ramadan in the capital. A policeman was killed in Kinshasa on Thursday as rival Muslim groups fought over the right to mark the end of Ramadan at a major sports stadium. In addition, several people were hurt and one police vehicle was burned in the fighting outside the Major Stadium. Rival groups had gathered to mark the end of the fasting month, but the quarrel started over who would actually lead the event. The world's longest pedestrian suspension bridge, called 516 Arauca, has just opened in Portugal. It is not for the faint of heart. The 560-meter-long and 175-meter-high bridge is located in Arauca in the Aveiro district of Portugal. 
According to CNN, it takes about 10 minutes to cross if you're moving at, say, a leisurely pace to take in the views, including the waterfall, the gorge, and the fast-moving river. However, it will take four minutes to cross for people who want to sprint across while saying their prayers. Arauca 516 has stolen the longest pedestrian suspension bridge title from the Charles Cowen Suspension Bridge in Switzerland, which spans 1,621 feet, which opened in 2017. That bridge boasts views of the Matherhorn, Weishorn, and Bernese Alps. Locals in the region hope that this new attraction, which cost them $2.8 million and took around two years to build, will help to revive the region, especially after the devastating events of 2020. 35 years after the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine exploded in the world's worst nuclear accident, scientists are saying that fission reactions are smoldering again in uranium fuel masses that are buried deep inside a mangled reactor hall. Sensors monitoring the masses of uranium fuel buried in the basement rooms of the reactor have detected rising levels of neutrons, signaling that fission processes used to create nuclear energy are occurring in one of the inaccessible rooms within the plant. Although the levels are rising slowly, scientists are working to figure out the cause of the activity and on the actions that need to take place to prevent the risk of further radiation from leaking from the plant. It is believed that around 95% of the original fuel from the reactor flowed to the plant's basement rooms following the disaster in April 1986, forming solid fuel-containing materials, or FCMs. A year after the explosion, a concrete and steel sarcophagus was placed over the top of the reactor's remains to contain the radiation of FCMs, with a larger, more secure new safe confinement installed in 2016 at a cost of more than 1.5 billion euros. Since then, neutron counts have stabilized in most parts of the plant, but Science Magazine is now reporting that in the rooms concerned, levels have almost doubled over the past four years. Ukraine has been exploring ways to remove FCMs before they reach critical levels for several years now, and it is set to release proposals for doing so later this year in 2021. The current level of radiation means that it is way too dangerous for humans to go in to stabilize the FCMs that are causing the fission reaction. One option being explored is to develop a robot that is capable of withstanding the radiation to insert boron cylinders into the deposits. Almost four decades after the nuclear disaster, it seems like Chernobyl has continued to throw up problem after problem for the scientists that are actually working to contain its fallout. For those who fly to the United Kingdom, they will recognize the name of the store, and this story might be of particular interest to you. The Durbanham's departmental store will now close its remaining 28 stores across the UK after more than 240 years of operation as a retail giant. Durbanham's has been a staple of High Street since the year 1778. It will now close for good on Saturday after the company collapsed in the midst of the fallout from the 2020 events. The retailer has been struggling for years, even before 2020, as traditional department stores have tended to move online. The final nail in its fate appears to have come from the closure of stores during the lockdowns, and this seems rather unfortunate 
particularly for all the people that are going to lose their job in addition to everything else that is going on. In our final story tonight, let us celebrate America's newest chess master, 10-year-old Tanitolua Adeomi. The 10-year-old Nigerian-American chess prodigy has just become the U.S.'s newest national chess master. At the Fairfield County Chess Club Championship Tournament in Connecticut on May the 1st, Adeomi won all of his matches, bumping his chess ratings up to 2,223, making him the 28th youngest person to become a chess master. Remarkably, he picked up chess just four years ago. He is a Nigerian refugee, and his remarkable rise has come two years after he gained worldwide attention for winning the New York State Chess Championship while he himself and his family were living in a homeless shelter. As beautifully worded by Nicholas Christoph, the New York Times columnist, who has written two pieces on the youngster and mentioned him in his 2020 book, called Tightrope Americans Reaching for Hope, Tani is a reminder that talent is universal, even though opportunity is not. Tani, who is a chess prodigy, was only able to discover his talents because the homeless shelter he was in was located in a school district where there was actually a chess program. After Nicholas Christoph's article in the year 2019, a GoFundMe was raised with $254,000, which partially allowed them to move to a better place before moving to Port Jefferson, New York, where they currently reside. The family then used the excess funds to set up a fund called the Tanitolua Adeomi Foundation. The purpose of the fund is to help other children who are in similar circumstances. His very proud father, Kayode Adeomi, has three words of encouragement for other refugee families across the world. His words were, Keep hope alive. These three words are a very good pivot into the ending of this episode. The world looks bleak right now and it seems that there is so much going on. This week, in addition to the stories captured here, there were less overlooked stories and more front page news stories that were broadly reported about geopolitical issues in the Middle East, resurgent variants, and many, many natural disasters. Tenny's father's words are what I have chosen to leave you with. Keep hope alive. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode. Overlooked is a Tunica Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen, with more on the way. So follow Tunica Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to be in the loop. Until next time, have yourself a great week ahead.